Hello, my friends. Today, we are talking to Jake Smith, our producer, and Adam, our associate producer. We are doing a special behind-the-scenes podcast episode. I think you'll all enjoy it and have a fantastic Christmas. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. How do we start this? I don't know. Like, I, how did you fall in love with technology? <laughs> I was having trouble falling asleep last night. I was like, okay, it sounds good. We're going to do this episode. We're going to interview Jake because everyone's been hearing about you for years. But like, we've never actually interviewed you. And then I was like, well, what do I, what, how, what do I do? Like, how we have all of these great notes, but I didn't want it to end up being like a bunch of jokes, like you and me, like inside jokes type deal, and like have the audience yeah. feel alienated. Audience, yeah, no, uh, the inside jokes don't work, but I think he figured out a way to just start it, so you can't really go wrong there. <laughs> that was a pretty good icebreaker, right? I was wondering about that though myself. Like I was thinking about it today. It's like, how do we actually do this? I have been behind the scenes on this podcast forever, and I have no idea how to. How do I fall in love with technology? Um, let's see. Actually, I have always loved technology, and my nose itches. There you go. See, now you get to edit that out. Exactly. Adam gets to. Maybe it's some nerves things making my nose itch. It is. That's why we have good it notes, though. Is. We have great notes today. We've got mm -hmm. how we met. You know, the room I was talking about last night that I fell asleep in was actually the room I interviewed you in. <laughs> it wasn't a bedroom. Your old at, little office room? Yeah, it wasn't a bedroom at the time, but now it's like the guest bedroom, and I sleep in there when the kids are like up all night hanging out with mommy, so... Yeah, no, that was really, it was a, um, it's kind of weird thing, weird time, weird time in my life. You know, like I was at school and I was learning C++ and I remember I was sitting there on uh, Thanksgiving with Mike Gruders and I was like, yeah, I need to get an internship. And he's like, oh, I know. Let me, uh, let me text my, my cousin, Joe. He, he knows everybody. So maybe he can do something. And then uh, he's like, sends a text message back. He's like, yeah, I have him called Joel on Monday. And I'm like, all right. So, no, thought I was going to go there and start coding apps and everything like that. And you're like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something bigger. <laughs> and I have this idea for a, for a podcast. Do you know how to do anything with a podcast? I'm like, nope. I have no idea. But uh, give me a few days and I'll figure it out. And you now I remember I went home and I like wrote up this whole document that told you everything that we were going to do to become this crazy, successful podcast. And, uh, yeah, look at it now. Three years later, it actually panned out, which is pretty crazy. We didn't give up. We've had, what, 20, 30, almost maybe 40 people cycle through here trying different things to generate revenue and be useful to other people. And we've got a like a solid team now. Well, we do. And I mean, looking back on it, you know, it's you hear so many of the stories about uh, startups and what they go through. I mean, that's what we hear all the time, but it, it really felt like that's what we were in. We were literally in a small little office space, just trying to figure out, all right, how do we make this work? It's like, we got the idea, we know the value, but how do we make it so that we get to have fun and do the greatest job, but also get paid to do it? Cause that is very important too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we had that big open room and it had a, we had one of the walls blue, <clears throat> blue, giant blue wall. 
and it was you and me kind of set up. We bought a, a table at like the furniture store clearance. So we had like a dining room table <laughs> in the middle of a giant empty room. And then, uh, yeah, and I bought that, that, that white couch too, that was on clearance and it was like kind of stained and stuff, <laughs> put that in the corner, <laughs> we had the table and then we were just like, all right, here's a podcast. We drilled a hole in the center of the table, started a little fire. <laughs> almost yep and uh figured out how to do that and mount the podcast mic and then we just we were doing like three episodes a day i we would work do the episodes all day and then i'd go home and eat dinner and not talk to anybody because my voice was ripped apart and then i would just send out like a couple hundred emails just finding interesting people just whoever would talk to us and uh yeah yeah, no, I mean, it was pretty crazy. And you got to think too, like at that time, you hadn't fully transitioned out of what you were doing then either. So you were still, you know, doing due diligence and working on projects, you know, and everything as well. So you're up till, you know, 11, 12, 1 a.m. working on those projects and then coming in and having to do three podcasts a day and stuff. That was pretty crazy also. I remember that. Yeah, well, at the same time, like, spending all of my savings and taking every dollar generated and putting it back into the company. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, those were some crazy times, you know, like it, it's weird. And even from that day till now, it's like you meet people and they ask, Oh yeah, what do you do? And it's like, Oh, I produce a podcast and just being able to say that that's what I do for work. It's really weird. You know, first of all, because people might not even think of it as a real job. But I mean, in the end, it's been able to bring us all a, a living, which has been good. And more than that, it's like we get to bring value to people every single day. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think I think everything really kicked off. We were doing that for a while. It, it was hard. Then I remember my wife, like in the same week, my wife said, you know, we had a newborn and she goes, hey, you can't do so many episodes because... I try to go on these walks with you after work. It's like the only time we get to spend together and you can't even speak. So you have to tone it, tone it back down. So right around that time was the same time that we got some of our first big guests like Cody from T-Mobile. And then we've got, you know, Kevin Scott from Microsoft. And then after that, we didn't have the money thing figured out for sure. Like definitely still dying on the money side of things, but we got a huge backup of like people wanting to come on the show. Like, listeners were growing and month over month over month and so that was the moment that i'm like this is this is the coolest thing in the world because it's opening up these doors to be able to get to talk to these great people and geek out with them and just that is enough i mean i know i needed to figure out how to make money so we could continue doing it but it was like i was just trying to finance like the the one thing i found in life that i enjoyed so much yeah. And I'd say, you know, like going back to that moment that we got Cody from T-Mobile on the show. I mean, that was, it was such a pivotal moment, you know, I think for the podcast itself, one, because I'd never heard like that level of executive, you know, talk the way he was talking, the advice that he gave and the personality that he had behind it. it it's like, you know, we were probably about six months into the podcast and that just like lit this whole new fire, you know, right under everything that we were doing. And, you know, it, it probably wasn't a week or two after that, that, uh, 
Verizon sees T-Mobile was on is like, oh, well, we need to be on the modern CTO podcast. And it was, and then, you know, Kevin Scott comes on and it was kind of just like, oh, everybody sees Kevin Scott and is on. They're legitimate now. And it was kind of a domino effect. And just the, the guests that have wanted to come on and that we've just had the pleasure of interviewing, you know, it, it's been, it's been pretty crazy. It's really, really cool to see. Yeah. And then figuring out how to make the money, that was the hard part. So <laughs> It started with Ben, uh, Ben out in Sweden at Bem Object, who's like one of my favorite people in life. And he was talking with us about, you know, taking action on some of the advice from our like, recent guest. And so I remember, you know, sitting up after that call, it was like the call was on like a Friday and we built this MVP to create these leadership challenges, push it out to him and ended up getting him as a customer. And that was, that was such a awesome moment because every project that I've built before that was like long-term builds, you know, where it was either rewrites of existing profitable systems or somebody paying to, you know, build something new that they wanted to build for like eight months and then push it out or, uh, but this one, just following those principles from like the, 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 you know, the Silicon Valley style principle, I think like the, what is it? Zero to one, that book, basically just get it out. Like just get the most basic version out. And if it's useful enough, people will pay for it. You've got something, and uh, so to build that thing, I think it was like a week or two, we started making those YouTube videos, <laughs> talking about like how we were making it, trying to document it, and then quickly documenting it just became too much work. It was just like, we have to just build it. So mm -hmm. I wrote that first version of the app for several weeks. I was just, I would go there every night to the office after working all day and then just stay there until like 1 a.m. And like, sometimes I'd sleep on the couch and wake up. And sometimes I would go back home. And things were really difficult too with like me and my wife, because we agreed before I went into it that I'm going to have to just crush it for three years, two or three years to get this thing going. And then we'll be able to, you know, give the kids the life that we want and all of that. And man, we almost like lost our relationship. It was really, really tough. And I, so I had to like back off, you know, after like the second year of doing that, just constantly, I had to, you know, back off. And I think it was when Lachlan, when I had the second kid and he was in the, uh, the NICU, like the infant yeah. ICU that I was, you know, going there every night after work so I could see him because that's the only time I could see him. And like, that's kind of the time where I like scaled it back a little bit. Also, that's when we got the, um, the funding to grow leader bits. So we did leadership right. challenges. They worked. Then we got the funding and uh, we raised a half million dollars through Florida funders, which is like the largest VC in, in the state of Florida. So I'm so grateful. I was thinking today, like for Mark, you know, Blumenthal believing in us and, and me and the vision and the team and you and everyone that we would, you know, create this podcast, figure out a way to make money. The leadership thing kind of came up naturally and, uh, then growing like that was, that, I don't know. I'm just so grateful for that guy and the whole team. over Yeah. There. Well, you know, and it's, it's cool. And it's, a lot of the opportunities that come up, they come up because of the podcast. Cause I mean, you think we met Mark because we went to Synapse and we went as media for the podcast, you know, and you, you happen to run into this guy, you're introduced because you know, another guy and we're doing interviews there and interviewing the people. And there was a lot of moving parts, you know, when we we're talking about building the leader bits and doing all that stuff. I mean, we had one room in this, small office before. And then there was like 
a tiny little closet essentially. And you and I would go in that closet and just write on the right whiteboard, you know, cause we did have a few other people that were out in the room working on other projects and stuff like that. And I mean, I still have some of the pictures, you know, of all those whiteboarding sessions we wrote and wrote and wrote, and we, we were going to come up with a clone machine and all these, <laughs> these ideas, you know, that you, you think about. That when, was for the sales pro that was an analogy for the sales process, not actually building a cloning machine. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, but it, it's, it would have been cool if we did build a clone machine. It would too. have been very cool. It seems like it's going to be possible now too. And like the, I know. <laughs> the future is happening so fast. It, it is, but it's just, there was, you know, um, people, you listen to this podcast every day, but there is so much that has happened beyond the recording. You know, you, you think about it, uh, we do this and we record three to four hours a week, but we run so much behind it. And it's really cool to see like the well-oiled machine that it's actually grown to be. And uh, I'm super proud to be a part of that for sure. Yeah. So we record the, so we prep podcast, we record podcast, you edit them up. We, you know, add the intros to them, we write intros. We have intro record days, we have editing days. We do quick clips where we take like three minute clips of the guest advice, transcribe it, make it into its own video, publish it natively on like LinkedIn or Instagram, or then we do a YouTube cut, but the YouTube cuts special because we like pan the faces back and forth. So it's interesting to watch. So you would actually want to watch it on your couch. What else do we do? Lots of guest outreach. That's Adam. Hey, Adam. Hello. I'm here. Oh, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> it does. It sounds so much better. We we hired Adam out of an internship and uh, we did an inter our first internship. We did it and he was uh, just like the clear standout rock star. And so we, we were like, how do we find the money to hire this guy? We have to stretch and figure it out because we can't let him go. And, and, uh, and we brought him on. And so we're super excited because now we're, I mean, we've doubled sales this year. That's like so crazy so exciting yeah. even in a in a year where a lot of businesses are hurting and we almost we almost went out of business <laughs> i mean that happened well that happens a lot but it, that it does and, and you got to think about like this this year there's probably been a lot of people that have felt that oh, you yeah. know and so it's uh when you're able to just dig in and fight through that you know it makes you much stronger on the other side do we have any cool like five moments or top things that you really loved about the podcast? Do we have any like end of year? Is there like end of year or all time? What should we do? Um, I mean, everything that I have loved has really been this year. You know, I'd say like we were, we were talking before I, one of our big moments was, you know, our first breakthrough guest that series that summer of 2018 was really big for us, but top five moments this year has been, it, it, we've interviewed some awesome people. I know for me personally, like being able to be on the call before you get in there and talk to Mark Papermaster from AMD and just get to spend some time getting to know that guy, that, that that's like a career highlight for me. You know, I've been an AMD fanboy for 20 years. I've been building with their processors and then just to have the opportunity to talk to somebody who's as genuine as he was, that was, that was really, really big for me. Yeah. And then Lubo coming down. 
we that was a cool one they they were a sponsor and he's like hey i'll come i'll fly in and record it in person like 99 of our interviews are over zoom and he was just on a plane next day came down i was like the week i was growing my beard for the first time <laughs> <laughs> and i was like check it out this is like 10 days and he's like oh awesome and he had like a thick beard and yeah, he he was he was such a cool guy, but I thought it was amazing that he flew down. And we've had a couple other people come in the office, but uh, that was just a really unique moment. And his company and what they do and their culture, like I don't know, I just really like Lubo. Yeah, they just they build great products. That's what they're gonna do, you know. And just he was there was so much beyond just tech in that interview talking to him too like just such a cool guy and just how he was like no i'm gonna fly there and we're gonna record this podcast in your office tomorrow pre-covid just gotta say that yeah it was pre <laughs> this was pre-covid yeah it was at the beginning of the year but it was uh very early january and he's like i will be down there and we are gonna record this podcast and man that was that was super super cool we ran to the store we <laughs> we ran <laughs> We like drop. We're like, okay, they're coming like tomorrow, the next day, or whatever it was. So we went to like the home store, and I remember when I was checking out, like we bought these chairs and like these tables. We spent you know like good amount of money to to furnish a beautiful like indoor you know shot right for the for the episodes. And the lady at the checkout counter is like, "Why are you buying all of this?" She's like, "You <laughs> bought the whole like room set. Like you, we took the whole room that was like set up. And we're like buy that whole room." And she's, she's like, why are you buying this? And I was like, oh, podcast interview. She goes, oh, are you going to return this tomorrow after you record the interview? And I was like, I didn't know that was an option, but thanks for letting me know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not returning this. This is like our interview stage thing now. And it, it's great. Yeah. 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 No, that was funny. That was, that was super funny. It didn't know that was an option, but maybe now I'll consider it, oh, yeah. you know? No, that was cool. Another, uh, I, I think that another top moment this year was having Davis Bitsky come back on the podcast. Um, he was, I think, one of our really first cool, cool really cool guests, you know, like from uh, Amazon and from, from Alexa. And I, I think he's actually moved over to AWS now. Oh, but really? when we, yeah, when we had him on, he was from Amazon Alexa. And that was a, what, almost two hour interview where we didn't even get into, you know, any of that stuff until probably closer to the end of it, but just the, the philosophical discussion that went on and his insight into life, like that is a must listen interview of ours. Like if I had to recommend, you know, just a great podcast to listen to a great person talk. And uh, I mean, you got to think this guy's an evangelist. He gets paid to talk every day. He is polished. He, he also is a world of Warcraft fan, you know, like myself. So we got to <laughs> do a little bonding on that after the show. So that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I'd say that was another top moment of mine. Yeah, we built a we built a real studio with like a, a fake, a real fake wall that you built in your garage. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. My wife painted the the background. And uh, yeah, it, it, what an experience it was actually having a, I used to record the podcast out of my office where I did the actual like my normal work. And what was happening was it was conflicting because I'd be doing work stuff, work-related stuff, whether it's payroll or you know dealing with a team member or what you know an investor or something like that. And then I'd flip and I'd be in the same chair, same computer, and just be on a Zoom call hosting the podcast next. And it felt like 
they were just too connected. So by separating it, we had all these empty rooms because of COVID. So by building the podcast out in here and improving the video quality, that whole thing was just super exciting for me to, to have that. Well, it looks a hundred times better too. Yeah. I mean, every time I look at it, I don't see that green wall behind you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) We rented a therapist off. Like this used to be a therapist office. So all the colors in here are to get people to be calm. So they're like neutral, like taupe brown type colors to relax everybody. And that's the opposite of the startup energy that we need. Yeah, I guess so. Huh? Is the, was the star Wars quotes and stuff already on the wall when you moved in or did you guys add that? No, we added that. We added those. We had some Yoda quotes, right? Do <laughs> what is it? Do or do not. There is no try. Yeah, that's yep. up there. Yep, we got that. We got some other leadership quotes. We needed to have some inspiration. We had a, uh, you know, it, we've gone fully remote this year, but it's there are things to miss from the office. You know, like I miss Chloe freaking out over Victor dying, and Victor was a disclaimer plant. was was a plant. <laughs> <laughs> and that she was tasked with the uh, taking care of. And so she took him home and nursed him to health. And apparently he's this big, beautiful bush now. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the, you, you, you do miss out on some of those things that were, you know, those good office interactions that were uh, a lot of fun to have. Yeah, they, they are. But we're doing the, we're doing the uh, Christmas contest. So that's exciting where we... Decorate the somebody left their gingerbread house here, by the way, at the office. Yeah, it's mine. I have to come pick it up, <laughs> dude. You got it. When, when are we doing it? It's coming up like real soon. So we've got, yeah, a, Wednesday. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Yeah, no, I, I have to come come get it. I've thought about that. It's like making me lose sleep at night. I, <laughs> I named my kid after a past guest. How about you? That? Did. I did. You did, Lachlan. Yeah, Lachlan. Lachlan was an awesome interview, though, too. And very, um, looking back on it, another unorthodox interview. Uh, not the most tech-focused, but is in the world of technology. And, uh, yeah, just some of his leadership lessons, especially that he took away from the Army, were some that just still even stick with me to this day. Yeah, it's amazing how these... Like these leaders, I mean, I knew nobody before the podcast, really, just a handful of close connections. So it was so strange for me to start talking to all of these different people and get to to learn about them and the different types of people and how people talk, how they pause, how they answer questions. And, you know, it's it's just so interesting how some of the leaders that, you know, I like or you know I am impressed by the most are they're not like technical, technically, they're, it's not, they're not in the details with the technology. It's not about like them being the best at technology. They're just really, they have solid foundations as people. Like they're interesting as humans. You know, like when we do all, we have to do all this research on, on guests when they come in. And so some people are very, very easy because they have tons of information. They have blogs, photos of their summer vacations. You can see what they're interested in. You can know that they have a family. You can see, you know, their, their comments or content online and really get a feel for who they are as an individual. And that, that's so makes it so easy. And other people are just like ghosts, like they don't exist online. And that's, that's a lot harder to, to, to prep, but these people that do have these really full, rich lives that do share it, because you can have a full, rich life and not share it, right? Uh, but yep. when they do share it, it's uh, it's a lot easier to do the prep. But 
that I think that's a trend that a lot of these leaders are just really good people. Like they'll they spend a lot of time on themselves, their, their families, their interest, and that gives them, uh, I guess, a better position to get ahead farther. I'm always trying to figure out how they got ahead so far. I'm like, what is the difference between the CTOs that have a 30 year career and they they stay at you know smaller companies versus ones that move around to a bunch of different companies versus ones that join one large company and grow all the way up through it versus ones that found one company or multiple companies. And so I'm always trying to use that information to like calibrate and check against myself to see where I'm at. Yeah. You know, and we've interviewed over 300 people now. And I mean, if there's one thing that I've learned is that there's no one clear path. You know, I mean, you see, like you ask, what's the secret? And, you know, you have people that are great at what they do and they don't always make it there. You have some people that are, you question, how did they get to where they are right now? You know, because of how they act and treat other people. And, you know, one of the big takeaways and thinking back on it, you know, is like when we were talking to Jason Warner and how, you know, I, I think that there has really been that change in leadership, you know, styles over the last 15 years or so where it is really valued how you treat your employees and the interactions that you have with them and the relationships that you create with them. And um, I think that that old, you know, briefcase carrying, you know, executive style is not as popular as it once was. It's still there. But um I, I really think that, you know, you, you really see great things from the people who treat other people great, you know, because you're only as good as the people around you and you're only going to get the, as much as you can out of those people by treating them right. Now, now you sound like Larry Robinson. <laughs> yeah, that guy like was that guy. awesome. Yeah. That was such a cool episode, man. He, he flipped the script and interviewed me essentially. He did. He did. And I mean, I, you know, he he probably doesn't even know this. I don't know if he does or not, but he's probably responsible for a lot of things that happened at this podcast this year. You know, like there was a big switch that was flipped, you know, by just the meaningful conversation that we got to have with Larry and the time that he took to spend with us was very, very impactful on the business. So that's something I'm very grateful to Larry for spending that time with us. Absolutely. Yeah, that was right when COVID was happening and our business was contracting significantly and we hadn't really pursued the podcast advertising like 2000%. We were kind of like dipping our toes in it and we, we were at a crossroads and I've, I'm coming to learn that some of my favorite places to be in life is when there's like a very clear decision between two things that needs to be made or there's no decision at all and you just have to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like those are easier moments. It's hard when it's unclear, it's foggy, but those moments where you have a fork in the road and you're like, we have to, we've got one shot at this. What are we going to do? <laughs> and we took the right shot. You know, it worked and it was yeah. against advice <laughs> and it made so many people mad. And I was like, but I'm over that now. Like I'm over the concept of like people being mad at me. Like that's fine. People are, no matter what decision you make or how much effort you put into it to think of everyone or communicate it articulately, people will get mad at you just because they're having a bad day and you're the thing interacting with them. They will do that. And you also have to understand that people don't always have your own best interests at their heart. And it doesn't matter who you're, you're talking to. Like people are always 
looking at things through their own lens. And they're not looking, putting themselves in your eyes, trying to see what you see. And when you talk about it, when there's only one path forward, you're a fool not to take that path. You know, I mean, that's, it's sometimes just what you have to do and making those decisions are what allowed us to, to grow, to flourish, to bring on Adam. I mean, having Adam be a part of our team and do this has been one of the like things I'm most proud of, you know, that we've been able to grow and have him on here because even since he came on, you know, I've seen his growth, you know, as an individual, how he works, what he does. We knew he was talented, you know, with the production and stuff like that. But this allows us to, beyond the impact that we make through our listeners, we get to make the impact on a business level too. And that's really, really cool. What about uh, all the times we've had to cut stuff out of the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Adam has been doing a lot of that lately, right, Adam? Right. Yes. <laughs> oh, what, what? All right. So, I think one that happens the most is uh, like people sharing publicly traded advice too early, uh, <laughs> and they're a publicly traded company, and they say something about a project too early. That's that was one of the reasons why we had to stop live streaming and move to a like post production <laughs> process because people were sharing information that wasn't live yet, and so. I, we can't ever share those moments, but we can talk about how we've had to cut them out. <laughs> we <Yeah>. can. <laughs> yeah. What else? What What is another interesting one, Jake? Well, I, one I think of, you know, and um, no names here, but things that I find funny is when uh, people do request to hear the edit before it goes live, and then they come back and they want like the first 10 minutes of the interview cut out where... You know, you have the gold of getting to know the person and everything like that because they want just this dry, informative interview that is not what we are. And so I always find that like, I'm like, that's, you're making a bad decision, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like getting to know the person because that's where the value is for me is to understand how this human thinks and you can't get to know them without understanding their past, their history, who they are, how they arrived at the location that they're at. It's mm-hmm. you need that background knowledge, especially for the storytelling stuff, right? Well, you, know, you really do. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that was, uh, we sat in on that webinar the other day, you know, like that's where you build credibility. You build your credibility in getting to know the person. You know, anybody can get up there and say, yeah, you need to make this cloud migration, but why? You know, what, who are you to tell me that I need to make that cloud migration? You know, like, where's your area of expertise? And I think that, you know, you do a great job of really getting the person to open up because once they open up, they start talking with, you know, passion. And when they're talking with passion, it just makes for a great interview. Yeah. It's the hardest part is that there's entire business models where people do interviews, whether it's at conferences or on CNBC type news media outlets or various other very formal professional outlets where it's the questions pre-asked, the questions pre-answered, and everyone just shows up to essentially act out a script. Yeah. And so what will happen is some people go through this media training and they get in these habits. And so when they show up on the interview, it's like, how do we get them to not do that, like to not give us a canned PR response. How do we get them just to talk to us like we're a person, right? 
Totally, totally. You know, and I, one thing that, you know, Adam and I have started doing is we've been starting to meet with our guests prior to them coming on the show and let them know that that's what it's going to be, you know, because I think a lot of people expect that, you know, scripted, canned response. And, you know, I, this should be a conversation that you're going to have over a coffee or a beer. You're going to talk tech. You're going to talk life. You're going to talk kids. You're going to talk Elon Musk because we talk Elon Musk on this podcast. (laughs) You know, it's great times, but, uh, you know, it's, I know we kind of got off of the moments we've cut, but I, I think that that's a very important thing that I just really love to highlight is, you know, like we, I said, we've interviewed over 300 people. We listen to every podcast that we enter or that we uh, edit and air, and it still is just as interesting today as it was three years ago to hear what these people are saying. But we had to make changes though, because like, yeah, I got burnt out after a while, uh, and I just the day I got burnt out, I was like, this, uh oh, this is a mistake because this is what I want to be doing twenty years from now. And so I know that I love the conversations. I know I love getting to meet these people, going and meeting them in person. But that's when we really started spending more time on like the organization of the show prep and what topics are great for what individuals so that we can, you know, highlight the essence of who they are and bring out the best version of them and making that transition and mixing in other topics other than just 100% leadership questions uh, that made it incredibly interesting for me. And I, I, I agree. And it, uh, it brings out diversity, you know, like we, you get to see the diversity in the guests, you get to see the diversity in the questions. There's everybody's got a story to tell, you know, and if you only ask one version of that story, you're going to eventually hear the same thing over and over and over again. And so I, I, I think that that's been a really, you know, pivotal point in what we've done with our prep this year. And I've, I've really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, even from me, my perspective, I got burnt out prepping the same exact podcast every time, you know, and I'm sure Adam can speak to that too. And now it's like, we have the greatest meeting of the week where we get to go in and get to learn these guys. And so I I think it's made it a, a whole lot more exciting for all of us. Yeah. The things that are said in the production meeting, are hilarious <laughs> thought about even like re- recording them and giving them in a premium membership we haven't done it yet because sometimes they're we'd definitely have to edit them <laughs> like to some degree <laughs> but it's just like we're kind of hanging out do you know yeah figuring out what we're going to ask these people and who they are it's fun yeah it, it would probably have to be on a whole nother rss feed mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure that way you can keep that clean language uh badge on you we, uh, I know that's an important one for us too. Um, what about, so we were talking earlier about the storytelling uh, meeting that we are in with Adam Cuppy. He crushed it at a presentation. I think we should, I think we should talk about Elevate a little bit. I had an Elevate meeting this morning that went pretty well. Yeah. How'd that go? Good. It's the Elevate's the evolution of our business, right? Like we started, I'd say, I guess the story of Elevate was, it was about three months ago. I right when we were switching around the prep after we got the prep right, you know, the prep is mm-hmm. the prep is good. I'm I'm very invigorated. I'm excited. And then I had the same feeling that I had, you know, back with the app company before I started the podcast was if I'm doing this for another 20 years, like it's gotta be a little bit some 
Like it's gotta be more, it's gotta be better. It's gotta be, there's something missing, you know, when you can feel inside, there's something missing, but you can't quite articulate it. Yeah. And so I was thinking a lot about it and I came to this conclusion that the, one of the best benefits of the podcast, like side effects of the podcast is the messages that I get from people like the LinkedIn messages or, you know, Twitter or Instagram, where they say that they, you know, tried some insight or the podcast helped them get promoted or whatever it may be. We had one of the, who was it? Like Luca the other day, like he got promoted to like a senior engineer at AWS from his yep. company. And he was like, your podcast is such a big part of that. And listening to, you know, making these leaders so accessible and hearing their stories helped me so much. Those moments, I've got like two or 300 plus of them in my screenshots album that happen, you know, and uh, those types of moments, we were, how can we amplify them? And so we came up with the concept of Elevate and we were at the same time, like that's, I, I said, our mission here at the podcast key part of it is going to be elevating the next generation of technology leaders, right? Yeah. And the same day, so like I did that 9 a.m. on a Monday, right? Because I'd worked on it all weekend. I built the graphic and I was like presenting it to the team as our new vision is to educate, entertain. What's the other one, Jake? Elevate. Educate, entertain, and elevate. So we're going to educate people through good questions and through great prep on the show. We're going to entertain them through the show, through great prep. And then we're going to elevate them. And the only way that we could really elevate people is in like small groups, like community where you get like real with people, you know, because going to a conference and there being a thousand people in the audience, that's, it's not, you don't get that personal relationship. And so I post that 9am Monday in our team Slack and we have our team meeting. And then like three hours later, I get <laughs> a, a text from somebody I hadn't spoken to in like three years, uh, Etienne of, of seven CTOs. And he says, Hey brother, uh, just, just wanted to reach out to you. I've been thinking about you lately. Cause we had talked, you know, previously a few years ago. And he's like, I think we should do something together. Like I'm kind of feeling like you and I should get together and do something. And so I was like, all right, let's meet. So we call, uh, you know, like next day and we're on a zoom. And I said, he's like, Hey, you know, I want to do something, maybe like referrals from the podcast or I don't know. He's like, there's just, I just want to do something with you because I've been in this space for, you know, near a decade and I've seen so many people try things, but you came out and you, you talked to me right when you first started and you said, this is what I'm going to do. He goes, and then you did it. You know, <laughs> he's like, that's amazing. And I was like, thank you. And I was like, well, you're probably not going to like <laughs> our new company mission because it's a direct competitor to your business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we just announced it this morning. And so I showed it to him, you know, because I was like, yes, yeah, this, this is cool. I really like him as a person. And I said, look, I said, I haven't run a large scale community before. Right. But we know this is what we want to do. And you know how to do this. Maybe we just partner up. Like maybe you and I just become business partners. And like we, I, you know, I bring the, my side of things, you bring your side of community management. And, uh, and he was like, okay, so we kind of got to know each other. We started texting back and forth. So this went on for like a month or two where we were just building a relationship, essentially, you know, texting pictures of our kids or our trips or just whatever we were doing and just sharing life together. And so we built a lot of trust and a lot of credibility over those couple months. And then we made the decision to like actually go into business together and do Elevate. And so he was having a, uh, an interesting thing going on at his company where he had these forums 
So seven CTOs is primarily forums. People pay, I think, like fifteen to twenty-five thousand dollars a year. CTOs to be a part of them. They do these. Um, they meet up. I think it's monthly or weekly. I don't know. He's probably going to hate me for this, but they meet up monthly at least. And they get in like real deep conversation and they have professional facilitators, which are like the largest expense in his business, right? So these professional facilitators facilitate the, the, the small groups and there's only seven CTOs in it and they're like mixed at nice level. So they're helping each other and they're going through life and business and all of the tough issues really on a deep level. And so it's like a high touch, you know, executive and quality uh, operation over there. But then he was having a lot of people in his like sales calls who couldn't do that for whatever reason. They couldn't afford it or their CEO wouldn't buy into it, the cost of it. And, you know, he can't give it to them for free because the facilitators are expensive. So we, he ended up creating like right around the COVID time, uh, like a community, just like a, you know, $150 a month community. And then that they would meet and do weekly calls and they had a Slack and so it was like Slack, like weekly calls. And then they started archiving information and a database, like talks and different things like that, archiving all the calls, people asking questions. And then it just became this vibrant community. And so he was going through that path. And he says, like, I need to separate them because seven CTOs community is blending with seven CTOs core business model. Like we are not a community. We're not, our business model is not, I mean, they only have like a handful of employees. Their business model is not set up to run a community. They're just not set up for that. They're set up to run these forums at scale and they have over like 20, 30 forums. So they're doing really well. Right. Um, this community thing was just so foreign and new and took on a life of its own and kind of spiraled out of COVID. So he's like, why don't we merge like the modern CTO community with the seven CTOs community and we'll call it Elevate and that kind of all just came up organically through different conversations. And um, yeah, we, we, we're just, I don't know, man. I just think that that's the future. I can just feel it. Like it's, it's very similar to the podcast. Like, you know, it's going to happen before it mm -hmm. happens, but you don't know exactly how it's going to play out, but you know, it's going to be successful. I'm super excited for it. Um, you know, I think back to our time, really hammering in on leader bits and working on leader bits. And one of the things that always excited me about the future was whenever we can really build that community, because I think that the communities are, they're how you grow. And really um, just getting to spend that time in the call last week, I was enthralled, you know, like I felt good being in that call. And there's been maybe one other time that I can think of where I was, I had a very similar feeling to that. And that was when uh, you and I went to the CTO meetup in Tampa at Coppertail Brewery there. And it's that same small community feel where everybody is, they're learning from each other, they're sharing stories. But beyond that, you're laughing, you're getting to know people. It's real interactions. You know, and I think that that's what's what made it so exciting was there. It's I think that when you you talk about how like you go to a interview and everything like that or not the interview, but say like a big um, a big convention center and you're doing those big conventions it feels very dry. Everything is very surface level. You know, you shake somebody's hand or give them the fist bump these days, you know, and it's exchange, here's my card, you know, and then you're, you're moving on to the next person. 
But when you can really just get in with 10, 15, 20 people and get to learn and know and laugh. I mean, I, I was cracking up in that call and it was a call that was full of value, you know? And so that I think is, those are the types of interactions that really stick with you and they help you to grow as a person. So I I'm super excited, you know, about, uh, about the whole elevate idea. And I think people are absolutely going to love it. We got our first yes. So that's exciting. So we basically, they had, you know, close to a hundred paying members. So the group's already big, right? Mm -hmm. It's already there. Not everyone shows up to every call, but the attendance is good. It's usually like around 50 people or so, but it's, we were the big struggle that we had. And I think it's funny that you brought up the Copperhead Brewery because I forgot about that. But you know who is there? The uh, Elias Torres. I can never pronounce his name. But yeah, the, guy, Elias. the founder, yeah. Elias, the, the founder of Drift, like the yep. chat thing. And they have this like ad that I always see that says, it's like their playbook for this past year. It's been running for a while now about how to scale what doesn't scale, like scale the unscalable, something like that. Because they have these one-to-one -one conversations. People say it doesn't scale, but they build tools to help and everything. But when I was talking with Etienne, I was like, all right, so we're going to grow this group and we've already got, you know, hundred plus people in it, but groups that I've been a part of slacks that I've been a part of community that have like 14,000, they they get garbagey and they get seedy, right? They get weird because people get jaded or resentful because they've answered the question 5,000 times or it's just come up and, you know, it's the group dynamics at scale are really hard. So we were researching this and we found Dunbar's number, right? Community size. And we said, okay, 150, 150 people, one of Dunbar's numbers, let's call it elevate 150. And we got, and the .com was available. So we were like, yes. So elevate150.com. And let's, let's figure out a way to cap the micro communities at 150 people. So those organic relationships build and happen. And they, so we're like a collection of a bunch of small, real communities. And we ran the, the financial models and the scalability on it and it worked out. And so we said, ooh, this, this is how you do it. You don't just scale one giant community, you scale smaller communities together. Right. Yeah. Yeah, multiple communities, multiple That's communities. how we keep that feel. That's how you yeah. keep that feel that you got. Cause that experience you got, Jake, when you were on there, Adam, you were on there too last week, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that, that experience that, that we had with Adam Cuppy as the amazing speaker he is, learning in in that small little group that is the feeling that has to be scaled right and and that's what that's the challenge that that will be the challenge of of elevate is how we organize and scale those those groups right yeah yeah i think it's something though that we're all up to it really embodies the mission that you said of educate entertain and elevate you know, when you think about it, these people in the communities, they will be able to be educated from their peers. They'll be entertained because these are great communities with great people that love to have a great time. And obviously, you can't learn, you can't be educated, you can't move forward, you know, without being elevated. So I think that this is going to be, it's something to be really excited about in 2021. Yeah. And when we talked to all the guests, like we cut the episode at the end and have a little, you know, goodbye conversation. That's, an, that's a piece that gets cut. Nobody ever sees that. Right? <laughs> yeah, it does. 
I'll say we cut here. <laughs> and uh, you guys hear that every episode, but they've never heard it. Every episode. We cut here. Yeah. And, we cut uh, here. Jake and Chloe here. will reach out to you. Reach out to your PR team and I'll add you on LinkedIn and we'll post content and the quick clips to promote the episode. Joel's yeah, unheard that's like, script. My unheard script. <laughs> it's not script. <laughs> it's not written down anywhere. I promise you that. Um, it's just the thing I said, you know, because I want people to know like when their episode's going to air and, you know, because for us, before we did the paid stuff, we were just back. I mean, we have episodes. How many episodes, you know this, Adam, how many episodes we have ballpark that are unaired that could be aired? I think like 20. That, like 20? That, I thought it was like 80. I think oh, it could, you're talking about what could be aired. Yeah, what, of not, what could be aired. Uh, there's a lot more that there's like some audio issue or something that oh, okay. like, but yeah. Yeah, around, around 80 though, total. That's, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. So I feel... I feel bad when we couldn't get them out at the same time. I was writing checks to <laughs> to produce <laughs> to them. Do it. I think it was costing us like two grand an episode, like our cost. So I was just like, I gave them the option. I gave everybody the option. I said, Hey, if you want to cover the, that's how we, that's how we ended up like growing the business really was saying, Hey, you know, if you want to cover the cost of this, we can do it. Cause we were focused on leader bits at the time. We weren't focused mm-hmm. on the podcast. And then some people were like, yeah, okay. And then that's, that's how, when we had the problem, we realized that we could make money off of advertising and having people sponsor the show, but no ads. So can we talk about that? Can we talk about that, Jake? Is um, that too sensitive of a subject? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think it's too sensitive. I think that um, having ideas is is a great thing. You know, I we might have gone to war over those ideas. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jake and I went to war. Jake, you want to tell a story? No, no, go ahead. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> when we were first doing the podcast, I, I wanted to, um, uh, I didn't want to, I don't like ads. I hate ads. I pay for everything. I pay for Pandora. I pay for YouTube. I don't like, I feel like ads rob me of life, right? I, I don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm pretty anti ad. And I, all right, let me, let me, let me re clarify. I'm anti interruptive ad i like don't a like pre-roll interrupt- mid-roll yeah like yeah pre-roll mid-roll post- like i do not like those because it, i'm there for the content not for your ad right at the same time a very small portion of people told me that they like ads sometimes because they learn about new products so i was like well that's easy we can just integrate new product con- topics into the conversation into our prep but you know everyone everyone in the market was buying ads by pre-roll mid-roll post-roll like that's how they buy them and we were doing research and jake was like this is what we need to do to make money and i was like i will never air ads on my podcast (laughs) (laughs) ever and uh we just like got into it over like we have this amazing podcast we could run all these ads and make this money and i was like we're not doing it and and uh and then i said what we need to do is we need to just have you know guests like that want to come on you know pay for production speed right? Come on the show. But like, if you want your episode aired faster, pay for production speed. That way you don't have to air in six months. You can air in two weeks. And we were, uh, then we had a couple, a couple other ideas and Jake was like, nobody's ever going to pay for that. You're so wrong. You're so wrong. It, pers- it was just like me and Jake being young and stupid. Your Jake impression oh, yeah. is so grumpy. 
I mean, it's pretty accurate though. <laughs> he was he was pretty grumpy about it. And and then um, but the thing that made it so beautiful was the time between that argument and somebody actually paying uh, us for it was like months or a year plus. Yeah. So like yeah, and then for it to, and then it was like a fluke, well, it was a fluke or it was consistent and then it became consistent and but then it was like okay, Jake was like all right, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we used to, we young and stupid was, you know, kind of funny way to put it, put it, you know, we, we were starting a business though, you know, and we were trying to figure our way out and we, we would have heated debates across the table from one, one another. And it was just him and, our, and I in a room having those debates. And he's like, I'm not doing it. I will not do it. I'm like, you're going to do it. And he's like, nope, not going to do it. Never going to do it. I was like, yeah, he'll do it one day. He never did it. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing it. I hate it. I hate it so much. I, I will say, though, looking back on it, though, it's 100% the right decision. I didn't hate ads as much then as I do now, and I now pay for everything because I can't stand pre-roll and mid-roll ads. It's the most annoying thing in the entire world. And I, um, I'm, I'm happy that, you know we don't especially have mid-roll ads because those make me want to like club seals or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get letters from like, PETA. what's the animal? Yeah, there you go. You're going to get PETA letters. <laughs> That's a good Jake idiom. Good Jake idiom. <laughs> club seals. Club seals. Uh, like, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, we had so many of those moments though. So. You know, and it was yeah. all a part of the learning process, you know, relationship Le development. Yeah. 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 It really, it really was, you know, and, but I mean, you come out stronger for it and I guess that's probably one thing you don't hear, you know, too much. And maybe one thing that we should like really get in to ask some of these people, you know, especially with like their, their co-founders and stuff. It's like, what was those relationships like when it was hard? You know, how did you manage that? Because that's a, I think, good lesson that a lot of people will be able to, to take something from. Because, um, yeah, it, it takes a lot of growth, and it takes a lot of, uh, you know, looking at yourself and asking yourself, you know, how can I be wrong in this situation? You know, because that's the only way that you really get past it. You know, if you want so, it to work, that's I like guess the, so. That's like the tactic if you want it to work. It's yeah. like let's figure out what the other person is feeling how there's you know how they're perceiving it and like let's overcome this so that we can do something great together exactly yeah it's i'm excited i'm excited because you just had your third year anniversary here and yep. your birthday so that's yep. exciting and now we have this new year coming up and we are we are like elon musk after his first rocket launch success <laughs> right because that think about wind the company back several years to their first success. Now they're launching like multiple times a month, right? Yeah, and they're it's going crazy. So we are just at that like we figured out what works. We know what's going on. We figured out how we can be useful to people at scale. And you know, in the in the exit conversations I have like after the podcast, you know, I think we've talked about like 15, 20 people about the elevate thing and see if it was useful because so many people try to sell them on like the seven CTOs types groups. Like, Hey, you know, you're an executive at this company. 
and you guys do millions and millions of dollars joining this group. And what's really what that that ran counter to my conversations where all the people were talking about investing in their leaders and how they do that and how they grow their direct reports to set up the next generation. And I was like, people aren't trying trying to sell them or there's not a product in the market that is useful to help create an, a positive environment for their direct reports. And you know, it's what we were kind of trying to do at LeaderBits, but the way the LeaderBits model ended up was the purchaser was like the learning and development. So CTO would simply like refer us into learning and development, or we would conflict with learning and development's curriculum. Yeah. Um, so that that was some of the learnings from trying the leader bits side of the business was, yeah, it, it was just a harder sell because they they would come in and they would want to buy it for their direct reports or their teams, but then they would it would come from the budget from learning and development because it was like a learning management type system for leadership training then they would get involved and then that would conflict with their internal training programs or whatever that they wanted to do with the rest of the company. And it just became a difficult, like you would have to fight, you know, like yeah. I was specific, I'm not going to name which customers, but I remember our customers like telling me we want this. And so we're fighting for it, but it's not easy uh, because it's conflicting with other things. And so there was a lot of resistance there, but that was that when we got to the enterprise level, like, I don't know, do we mention some of our enterprise clients? I don't, Maybe not by name, but uh, <laughs> so we got a couple of Fortune 500 clients. But at that level, it's really useful, but for different reasons because the coaching scales. But Elevate is something that's like it's an environment. There's weekly calls. There's a Slack community. You can get your questions answered. You're, there's a, a person involved in the community full time that's just connecting you or helping you answer, get your questions answered so that you don't have to know everybody, telling you about the different channels. I mean, the team over there, Elise, Beth, everyone, they're so great. And so it's, it's. I think every community I've been a part of is just like an open free for all. And this is like a directed, intentional, small community. It's like, it's like an organic community, if you will. <laughs> it's yeah. the one you want, you know? Right, right. Yeah. No, it, it, I, it makes a lot of sense because, I mean, sure, you could go join any, you know, leadership Slack and be in with 15,000 people, you know, and it's um, it's going to feel a whole lot like Stack Overflow there. Ah, the videos, though, on the homepage of the community members, for me, so the, the website is elevate150.com and we have like video testimonials because that seems to be the best way to to communicate the value of it is just talk to the, let the community members say what they got out of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, for the price and the organization and everything, it's, it's just like a no brainer. So yeah, we're, Oh, why did we, um, I wanted to talk about, we, we sat there and like beat up on ads for so long, but then <laughs> we moved our podcast to a, uh, podcast hosting <laughs> solution to inject ads into it because we found this evil ad technology is actually very useful for announcements. So if we wanted to tell everyone something across all of our episodes, because we have hundreds of episodes, we would have to go back and like manually edit every episode and re-upload it. It would be ridiculous. But this megaphone company had this ad injection technology. And so we can now do like a notification or something or give like a quick like hey team we're having a live event next thursday and it actually be like real time for them and we can prepend it to the episode we could put it at any point in the episode we want but i think we're just going to put announcements like up at the front like just yeah just at zero you know like hey and we're going to say hey this is an announcement 
Um, definitely never using it for ads, but uh, <laughs> it it's an interesting way because we want to grow the community and everyone, and we look at our listens and our listens are crazy. Uh, we have so many, we have hundreds of thousands of listens, but it's across our entire library, right? All the time, all the time. Some people go back and start episode one. Some people just listen to the most recent stuff. It's, it's across the board. There's so many different types of listeners and we're global. So we're in all of these different countries all over the world. We have, got, we've got spikes of like different time zones where we're really popular and it's, it's just fascinating to have this global community and then now to be able to put everyone through Elevate. But there is an application on, like you have to apply. It's not just anyone can come in. And the reason is, is because that's what Etienne was doing before. So we just wanted to take exactly what he was doing and be a part of scaling that up as Elevate. And so there's an application process so we can get to know you as an individual if you want to join Elevate. And if you're a technology leader that wants to look at Elevate for their team, go on elevate150.com. And there's even a, there's some videos, but there's also a Teams button. So you can meet with some of our sales team members and get to really understand what Elevate is. But I, I'm just, uh, I'm excited because when I'm talking to these other people, they're so pumped up about it and it's not hard for sales. You know, leadership yeah. was a harder sell. It's a very expensive, or it is, we have lots, we have, over 30 customers on Leaderbits, and it's still active as a company. And we're actually raising more money right now uh, to build out the sales team there. But, and I'm very excited about the future of that because it's going to help a lot of companies at scale because we found out we're really useful for the leadership program, like the entire leadership program at a company, not just the technologists. So we built that technology. It happens to be useful there, raising money. We're going to build the sales team out over there and let them run with that. And that's going to help, you know, leaders all across the world. But my heart is in the technology leadership world. And so this Elevate community being specifically for us is where I'm going to be spending most of my time and our sales leaders will just be operating the leadership leader bits business. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. I'm super excited for it. I am super excited for the Elevate community. I think that in life you curate your communities. So this is no different in that. You know, you're intentional, intentional about the people that you want to surround yourself with and the people in this group and these groups, because there will be multiple of them. And as you stated, which will be a big advantage that will, uh, you will want to be a part of it. And I can't wait to participate in these and get to learn and really, really enjoy elevating these next generation of leaders. Yeah, actually, Adam, that's on my, my list of things to do today is to have you reach out to Etienne and set up a podcast like in the next two weeks, because we're going to tell like the origin story or, you know, discuss with Etienne where he came from and learn about him because he's been on this journey for like a decade. And uh, so we're going to hear his perspective and how he's grown. And, uh, and so I'm excited about that because he's, he's just a really great person. Yeah. I really enjoyed him on the call. What an awesome personality. I know. I know. He's built something that's so crazy. I'm so grateful that we get to help scale this up now. Yeah, me too. Well, awesome. Is that it? What's the future? Well, future. Let's wrap up with the future. Let's wrap up the with future the future. Like? Well, yeah. the future starts with Elevate. I mean, that's yep. that's number one. Um, what else are we doing on the future? We're going to go on a world tour? World tour. World tour. World tour. <laughs> Definitely happening. We, we tried to get it to happen early on and it was like door got slammed a little bit. It's like, we're not ready for this yet, but I, I'm excited for the world tour. 
that looks like what the vaccinations would have to be out. <laughs> Everybody would have to be comfortable with in-person events. Yeah. So that might be another year or two, but I think we build elevate next two years. And then like in three years from now, we'll be ready to, to go on the road to get that RV that I wanted to do and wrap the, the RV and go, go to the major cities and <laughs> meet people and show off some future technology, but also have like good talks. I want it to be like, uh, I don't know. I feel like the, I feel like Walt Disney, but like of technology, like I want to do something <laughs> crazy, you know? <laughs> I know, I know. And there's so much crazy stuff out there to do. And it's just a matter of time. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And if you're listening now, you've really just only seen the beginning of what it is that we're going to do. What should we say to, like, because we're time casting this, like right now, what should we say to our future selves? <laughs> What should we say to our future selves to give yeah. them? We always wow, talk we're always about talking about time machine. Yeah. yeah what do we say to our future selves? New question, Adam. We should ask that on the next couple <laughs> shows. What would you say to your future self? I would Ooh. say you worked hard as hell and made it happen. Despite whatever obstacles, you know, that showed up, you really just you worked hard as hell and that was what was necessary. You did what was necessary to make it happen. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that, I don't know what I would say to my future self. It's, it's hard to think about. I wish I would have thought about this before. I guess this is how our <laughs> guests feel when we ask them about like going back in the past. <laughs> well, you gotta, well, you gotta think about it from like the future. So you're, you're it's thinking about, think. it, the past it is. is easier. Yeah. You know, and so you have to think, what is it that you're doing now that will lead to the success that you're going to have in the future? Never give so, up. Yeah. Don't quit. Never give up. Like, man, the number of times I've gotten to the edge and wanted to quit or give up, I can't even count. But yeah. I had this thing where I promised myself I wouldn't quit or give up. I was just like, look, I'm just not like I ingrained it into my identity that I wouldn't quit. It's like I can't quit like i just can't do it because it's not who i am i don't i don't believe in it and you know and and if you you know you hear these motivational speakers and i used to not be all into this but like you hear them say this stuff like don't give up and and keep believing and have faith and the universe will like bend to to the direction that you want to head it won't you can't control it by any means like especially in detail but it's it's true from my subjective experience is not quitting, not giving up, keep going, having faith. Those things are the thing like, it, and then it, it works out. It just does. It does where you, and, and I think great people having great people around you helps too. You know, I, I really, I think that that matters because it is, it's real easy to say not don't give up, but there is a time that everybody wants to give up. You know, there yeah, is a time people do it. I, and some people do it, you know, but when you have those people there that can help pull you back in when you're feeling that, I think that is a massive help as well. So, you know, I mean, that goes back to, your, you know, the whole community thing. It's like when you surround yourself with great people, if you are feeling down, they will pick you up. And if they are feeling down, you will pick them up. And it's like together you can achieve great things. Yeah. And I'd say that's a good advice to pass self. Like, for me, if I would have gotten and understood relationships and community before, like if I could have joined an Elevate type deal when I was 18, 
you know, I knew that existed or knew that would be important or help me accelerate. Like I'd just be leaps and bounds ahead of where I am now. Um, It's, it's, but you know, you appreciate it when you go through the struggle of not having it. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. I mean, that's experience, you know, that's, you got to go through it to get it. That's really it, man. Everything in life, like kids, painful, difficult, but it's amazing, right? Getting a six pack, oh, so hard, but it's amazing, mm-hmm. you know? Puppies. Puppies, very difficult. <laughs> very, very difficult, but amazing. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree, man. It's like everything in life is on the other side of of something hard. Yeah, it is. It is. It's important too, because you don't want like an, e- like, like what's an easy life? Like if you're all right, billionaire sitting in bed, not having to do anything, you're just going to atrophy and die. You know what I'm saying? Like too easy is, is atrophy. It's like not good. You have to have some tit like tension and resistance. And that's how you build strength. You know? Exactly. Exactly. That's how you get stronger. Boom. Jason Bam. Warner's fitness book on sale now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess we He's didn't hear that. that. I know. No. Uh, so. Did we leave anything out? Maybe, but there's only so much you can talk about. And yeah. we're just in the beginning of our journey. So we'll do this again. We'll give you guys another Next back. Year. Yeah, Let's another behind yearly. the scenes. Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it gives you yeah a little, little Christmas present to the listening <laughs> audience. Know what goes on behind the scenes. And if you didn't love it, direct all emails to joel at moderncto.io. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I'm just going to like auto forward them to Adam and our production <laughs> yeah. team. They're like yeah, editing. It was all kinds of editing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.